Hey there, listeners. Welcome to This Humana Life, a podcast for all Humana associates. We have amazing stories to tell and learning experiences to offer. We also believe the best knowledge is knowledge that is shared. Throughout our podcast journey, you'll hear advice from thought leaders, gain insights into areas of expertise other than your own, and hear the inspiring stories of others. This production is made possible with the support of the Women's Network Resource Group and by the dedication of our core team. I'm Tara DeLucia. I'm Carmen Pantoja Evans. I'm Brittany LaMere. And this podcast is produced by Melissa Nichols. We're looking forward to hearing what topics are important to you. Join the conversation in our buzz group by visiting go forward slash THL. Also, make sure to text the acronym THL to 239-355 to have new episodes sent straight to your mobile Thursday morning. So welcome to another episode of This Humana Life with the Women's Network Resource Group team, actually. Um, today we are welcoming Chelsea Jennings, co-president, and Elizabeth Strell, co-president, to the show. And we're looking forward to what we are, have in store to ask them. And uh, we know the listeners will love it, too. So welcome, Chelsea, and welcome, Elizabeth. How are you all doing today? Thank you. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. Doing very well. Yeah. Yeah. Doing great. Thanks for having us. Oh, thank you for being here. So Chelsea, we'll start with you. And would you introduce yourself to the audience and just give us a snapshot um, of your career journey and what brought you to Humana? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I have been with Humana for about seven years. And I tell you, time flies. Um, but before then, I was at Deloitte Consulting, and so I pretty much kind of transitioned from an external consulting role to an internal consulting role. So I'm an organizational effectiveness principal. Uh, that role um, in my work sits in HR. Um, you know, it's it's basically partnering with leaders to really understand, you know, where are some of the challenges and opportunities, um, you know, within the organization and helping them to do that. Uh, I think, you know, through social media, people ask the question all the time, describe your job without actually describing your job. And so I always say, you know, I, I show up and help to take a pulse of the organization, right? Um, as if they were, you know, sitting in a doctor's office. So what does that pulse look like? Um, what are the challenges, again, opportunities, strengths, and weaknesses? And help them to create organizational alignment with their strategy. Do your capabilities line up? Empowering the right people to make decisions. Are accountabilities clear? Um, and how can I help to support them throughout the process through, you know, org design, change management, um, and, and any other type of leadership support that I can provide? Wow. And I love how you even phrased all of that. The first statement was, you know, you check the pulse on the team to see how are they feeling today? So that's fantastic. I like that. I might even steal that one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, all right. Um, Elizabeth, and what about you? Sure. I've been with Humana for almost nine years. I actually started my career in public accounting at PwC, so a competitor to Deloitte uh, Consulting. <laughs> um, but I was on the finance side. I was an auditor, um, and I liked the work, and I was sort of going around, you know, working with different companies, but I didn't have much work-life balance and I didn't feel like 
I was in a position to make an impact. So I would provide recommendations to the company and typically they'd be like, thanks for your feedback, but really we just want this audit report that says we're good. And so that's when you know I started looking and um, ended up at Humana. So I'm a Louisville, Kentucky, born and raised girl. And honestly, wasn't sure I ever wanted to work in, in insurance. But my, my dad worked here, and he's like, Elizabeth, it's really changing. You should, you know, consider it. And so I started off in a finance role, and because at the time, that was my skill set, and I worked uh, in healthcare services in a finance planning and um, analysis role. So what that meant was I was looking at how are the companies in healthcare services performing? So that was Humana Pharmacy, uh, Humana at Home, the behavioral health organization, the care delivery organization, how are they performing compared to budget? And what was cool about that position was I started to learn about a lot about the strategy of the organization and work with the different leaders. And that led me to my next role in mergers and acquisitions where I was for four and a half years. And that was a really exciting team to be on, got to work on the Aetna deal the the kindred deal did investments in accolade and Bowie health mm -hmm. and also worked across the organization on, on deals that never ultimately went through but that led me to my current position where i'm now sit in the retail organization and i've been on the the retail side about 20 months and just took on a new position a few months ago to lead medicare retention strategy and, and so what that is is you know we sell a member but how, what are we doing to keep them at Humana? What mm -hmm. we see is 50% of our, our terms, so members that leave, are actually brand new members. So in their first oh. year, they're having an experience with us that causes them to shop. Or, or another competitor comes at them and they aren't connected enough to us yet. They don't feel like they're part of the Humana family, so they leave. So um, what my team does is we look at data to see what do we think the pain points are and then can we go work with the part of the business to fix issues so the experience is more seamless? Or if we see there are benefits that are really impactful, how can we be better about getting members to engage in them more quickly? And, and that your journey is 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 um, broad in, in many ways, right? And so you kind of went to numbers, but you're still at numbers because you're looking at the data and but um, the pain points, I think that's so important that you, you know, there is a team there here that is looking to make sure we can retain these folks that, um, you know, what is it? What was it? Gosh, that sounds like a challenge all in itself, <laughs> but uh, I know you'll oh, do fantastic is. at it. <laughs> and, uh, and, I will, and, and I will also say Elizabeth has been on uh, our show before in episode number six. Uh, put a ring on it. I yeah, I was going to say, um, yeah. if you ever want to know a little bit more about mergers and acquisitions, Elizabeth created this absolutely beautiful um, like metaphor for what mergers and acquisitions are. It's kind of like a courtship, and that has that has stuck with me to this it day to too. learn a little bit more about um, you know what what it is that that department does because it was a little bit ambiguous to me before um, and what you've just shared Elizabeth that's really exciting and with what you're doing now in your current role um, that just tells me perfect experience member experience like, like I said that's exciting I, I came from a retail sales office so it's awesome to know that we're really still putting the member at the heart of everything we do. 
so it's exciting to learn. Yes, exactly. All right, so since you've shared a little bit about um, your career thus far, you know, what's one thing that you wish you had known whenever you first began your professional career? Um, Elizabeth, we'll go ahead and start with you. Yeah, I, I think it really speaks to, you know, sort of the journey I just spoke about. Like when I started, I just envisioned a very linear career. Like I was going to get in the department and work my way up. And I wish I had learned more quickly that it doesn't have to be that way. And the analogy I've heard before that I really like is that it can be more like a jungle gym. Like you can move around linear, linearly uh, to learn about different parts of the business. And that's something, as you can probably hear from my experiences that I've really learned and, and have grown from. And I think the earlier I would have realized that, I would have taken a breath and been like, this is okay. Like I'm you know, moving, maybe I'm moving in a linear fashion but I'm learning something new and that's okay. And that's encouraged. Um, I wish I had known that sooner. Cause in, in the beginning, I think I had a lot of anxiety. Like I wasn't moving up fast enough. Um, but I think the, the path I have taken has helped me ultimately get to where I wanted to be. And so I, I think that's what I would encourage others to think about. Like how can you learn and grow in different ways? And there's opportunities for, I've heard it, stretch assignments and things like that. Do you have any ad advice there for how somebody could go about um, asking for those or gaining additional skills? Yeah, what I would say is always raise your hand. I think that's something that I have done. And even my participation in the, the WNRG, I don't think, you know, someone just mentioned to me, like, hey, like, <laughs> you should get involved on a committee. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll do that. I'm having no idea what it was. So I think when people approach you or when something sounds interesting, don't be afraid to raise your hand because then you'll become, you'll start to be seen as someone who's willing to take risks and, and do something differently. And so I think expressing like to your leader or to people in your network, that's something you're interested in. I think then you'll have a better chance to get those stretch assignments. Because I think people need to know you're open so that when those things come to mind, they think of you. Thank you so much. Um, Chelsea, um, do you have anything to add? And if not, could you share something that you wish you'd known when you first began your career? Yeah, um, I'll say for me, uh, I really wish I knew and respected the power of my own voice. Um, and, and there's a lot of layers that are there, right? And so, you know, even from a point of influence, um, didn't really, you know, again, respect the amount of influence that I had, didn't really, you know, speak up, I guess, as much as I think I could have. It took years before I owned that part of my voice. Um, maybe, you know, a little bit from the, the humble beginnings and, you know, being raised by grandparents where, you know, children were supposed to be seen and not heard. I mean, who knows what that is? I'm in the coaching world. We talk about the impact our map of the world has on us. Um, one of the things that I, I just say all the time and, you know, every activity that I'm involved in right now, the, the off the desk type things is, is about elevating voices. And for myself, I didn't realize I had something to say um, until people really started listening. And then they really, really started listening. Um, I'll say also the, um, you know, our, our consulting kind of background and some of the experience, right? That's another place where, um, you know, a lot of times you're presenting certain things to, to clients and, you know, it's meant to be illustrative because this is an example of what could happen. Well, I've had so many situations where that client is kind of taking the ball and run with it. And next thing you know, it's something that, 
you know, based on example that I gave has been rolled out to, you know, the whole organization. So I have to, I had to really be thoughtful around some of the things that I say and how they would be perceived um, and how they would be taken because, uh, you know, again, that was the power of my voice that I didn't really even appreciate. And, and probably finally, you know, maybe not finally, but we'll, we'll stop it here is just my ability to advocate for myself and others. Um, never really, uh, you know, kind of leaned into that. At least I didn't at the very beginning of my career. It took, again, took a while for me to, to kind of own up to, to what I'm able to do and even that responsibility. And I think of it as a responsibility right now, again, not just for myself, but also for, um, for others, for um, people a part of my community, for people at my job, for people that may not have the voice that I have. So um, at the end of the day, just, just respecting the power of my own voice and owning it. I absolutely love everything that you've just said. And I really feel personally for me, I've taken a step forward with that through working on this podcast. Uh, one yes. of my dear friends, Tara DeLucia, had always said, you are your own best advocate. That comes in your career. So something that she had shared she did was kind of write down, this is what I got accomplished this week. Um, and just sent a note weekly to our boss. This is kind of what, what we're doing and, and where we're at. And that has become increasingly more important um, for me and my team whenever it comes to evaluations. Um, this is what we've managed to accomplish together as a whole this quarter. This is what we're looking to do next quarter and really rally around those goals and get the actual, like the steps in place in order to make us successful. Um, so that's something I've learned. And then also advocating for yourself and your health care. Um, I think that was a big one for me. Um, I never had a PCP or anything like that. Never went to the doctor before uh, Humana. And um, I'm telling you, go get your preventative screenings. Um, there's a plug for that. So, yes. And all great advice there as well, Brittany, for sure. And, you know, and listening to Chelsea and Elizabeth uh, talk about their, their journeys and, you know, their career journeys and what they wish they knew then what they and what they know now and how that's made a difference you know they've also seen how humana has evolved um over the years completely and especially over the last two years but uh so chelsea i'm going to start with you how do you see humana as a whole changing in the future yeah i mean um you know, to your point around, you know, how it's evolved over the last couple of years and, and that trajectory toward the future, I am super, super excited around just the transition from, you know, the conversation of, of healthcare in general, right? We have all known that a, that a large part of this business has been more sick care, but, you know, Humana and the industry is in the, as a whole is taking a more proactive approach to health and wellness, exactly what you said around the the preventative things, making sure we're kind of owning and advocating for ourselves. And man has taken, you know, I guess steps to, to educate people on the importance of that, as well as some of the programs, some of the, the things that, that we're doing internally are reinforcing that, whether we're having, you know, hiring our, our um, chief health equity officer um, to even think about underrepresented populations. So I think that that's important and and I love seeing that I think that we are going to lead into some of those things as an organization the evolving respect for difference and the implications to you know workplace culture as well as that health equity conversation I mean clearly we still have a lot to do 
But, you know, my voice in general, whether it's the radio show, whether it's being here talking to you guys, um, whether it's, you know, some of the other things that I do to um, kind of advocate, you know, for, for, for difference um, is, is showing the respect that Humana has for voice, for individual voices, for, um, you know, differences in voice. And I, I think, again, we're going to, to lean into something like, I mean, for those things as well, just the fact that we're even having that conversation, just the fact that everyone is, you know, open to it uh, shows progress, and um, I'm excited about where we're going with it. Awesome. And and I'll do a quick plug, and I don't know if you plan to say it later, and you still can. Uh, Chelsea does have a live show on Humana Radio at 1130 to 12 Eastern time on Wednesdays called This Is Us. Is that correct, Chelsea? Uh, absolutely. That sounds about right. But I think it's 1230 to one. Oh, every Wednesday. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> so close. So close. All right. Uh, so, yeah. You know, so thank you. It's funny you. you say that because uh, I am in Central Time. So I, I live and work <laughs> out of Dallas. So what you said absolutely resonated. So I had to think about it. Like, oh, she said Eastern Time. <laughs> oh, boy. Hey, Chelsea. What's up, Texas? I live in New Braunfels. <laughs> Yay. So, Texas yeah. Even though I won't talk about the challenges that Texas has these days, and um, but, oh, you know that's that's another podcast. <laughs> that is a, that is a whole other episode. And we can do right? that actually. We should, yeah, we should definitely do we can. that. We can. Yeah, and and Elizabeth, I'd like to hear your view on you know you've seen it. You your career has evolved and changed over the years, but how do you see Humana? How has it changed? Yeah, I think. You know, a lot of it is changed. You know, when I started, the strategy was we want to be deliver integrated care. And I think we've seen that start to happen, especially with the kindred at home transaction. Like so much of our associate population now are clinicians. So I think we are taking steps there to transition from an insurer to a, a company that actually delivers care. But where I see the opportunity, and I think we're also moving in this way, is how can we deliver uh, an experience that is personalized and is for our members? Um, right now, a lot of what I have seen is we operate very siloed. And so the experience for a member seems disjointed. And so I think there's a lot of work going on. I think about the journey teams, there's learn, shop, choose, there's enroll and onboard thinking about, well, how do we learn about the members to give them the, the plan that's best for their needs during the sales process, then onboard them in a way that shows we know who they are and help them understand their plan, and then continue that through the rest of their experience. And the other team that's working a lot on this is the enterprise clinical operating model, sometimes referred to as e-com. So I think there's a lot of work going on in this space. And I think the more we can understand members' needs, treat them like people in a personalized way, like in the way we're communicating to them, when we talk to them, when they call into the call center, I think it's going to impact member retention and really help Humana differentiate themselves as, as an insurer. Wow. So, I mean, they're great future great past it has brought us to the future so and thank you for sharing elizabeth and if i could just give a real quick shout out to a personal experience that i just had literally the last friday um, right before the labor day holiday uh, we had a member um, that has a cancer diagnosis and he was displaced by hurricane ida 
So um, went over to the Florida, state of Florida to um, try and receive care. Of course, everything was down in Louisiana. We had care managers reach out to them, reach out to the treating provider, the provider that was gonna be seeing him in Florida and just made sure he had everything he needed all within a matter of hours. So to me, that just speaks volumes that we truly care and we have enough involved people. There was so much follow-up. Hey, do, do they have what they need? Um, are they, how are they feeling? Um, just, it really blew my mind and it just reaffirms that like, this is where I'm, I'm meant to be and that we're continually making impactful changes to people's lives um, and their, their journeys uh, through their own, own health and wellness. So really quick shout out to our, our care managers, just being on top of it and being absolutely excellent at what they do. That's amazing. And Thanks for sharing. It's such yeah, a fun challenge. I'm like, you actually are at the front lines. You can make an impact. Or I'm like, I'm back here trying to help make things easier for people to do that. So it's so cool to hear those stories and know that we're actually starting, we're making a change. But you absolutely do from, from changes that you have to the sales process and our agents being able to deliver the content and share and help the planning portion of it. Like every single associate at Humana helps push everything further along and make it better. So that, that's something I definitely wholeheartedly uh, believe in. Organizational generosity. Um, stole that from Irene Hussimiano and I, I feel like we all live that every day. So I love that. Chelsea, we'll start off with you. There, there's been a cultural change at Humana and then this past year we've all gone to virtual. Um, can you share anything that you've noticed about the transition or change for the entirety of Humana going virtual? Yeah, I, I will. And I'll, I'll say, you know, my little caveat is that I have been working virtually from home for the last five years. I spent my first couple of years in Louisville and going into the office every day. But most recently, um, you know, been working from home. So, but I have noticed, again, the transition is as far as the, the type of support that Humana has provided for people to make sure that we're as, success, as successful as we can possibly be, um, you know, one of the things that, that have that's always been a challenge working from home is that, you know, you have a whole bunch of people that may be in a meeting in a room somewhere and here you are on the phone and, you know, you've got all of these different challenges. Oh, I can't see what you guys are sharing or can someone speak closer to the microphone or, you know, whatever all the things are, you know, um, uh, everybody leaves the room and, you know, you don't really even know when they're coming back. But, um, you know, this work from home with everybody has turned in kind of the great equalizer where everybody's more so playing on the same field on the same playing field. Right. And I've always thought that um, and I know we'll make it work, but I've always thought that, you know, whether everybody's in the office or whether everybody is on the phone, um, you know, that kind of um, equalizes everything. But I'm, I'm really happy to see that Humana is doing a lot of things to figure out, you know, how to maximize. Uh, that kind of split culture and the split way of work that we're going to have to work moving forward. So that's really, really exciting. Um, but I'm also just excited about, uh, again, this is, this is showing the fact that um, we can be productive. Uh, we have more health and, and wellness um, uh, that we can take advantage of by, by, by the flexibility that the organization is offering. And, uh, and I'm excited that they're leaning into some of that. I, I definitely agree. I, I felt 
at times this change has allowed all of us to become a little bit closer, a little more close-knit team because we're all in, in each other's homes now and, and there's just kind of a different feel to it. Um, most of my team is um, they're in Louisville and they would go to the office every day and I was the one um, here uh, working from home. So now we're all kind of at the same uh, challenges and, and feelings towards it. Um, Elizabeth, I know you kind of primarily worked um, in the office in Louisville. Do you have anything to share since going virtual? Yeah, I think, you know, Chelsea was really touching on this earlier too. Like when I think about my experience at Humana, um, what I've seen like a shift in the company has been around like just being yourself in general, like is, is more okay. Um, when I started, you know, we were all in professional attires, like you had your suit of armor on, and then it became like more business casual. And I think you can sort of demonstrate who you are, like add a little flair. Um, and I think now that we're, like you just said, Brittany, in each other's homes, like we're getting to know each other even better as people. And you see like, we're just all people trying to do our best. Like you have, you're seeing where they live, their family may come in and out and you're, you're, you give each other grace. And I just think the more we're getting to know each other and giving each other grace, I think that'll really um, flow through how we even think about like how we interact with our members. And so that's what I've loved is it's just, just the, the more openness to be ourselves. Um, and I think that even touches on like all the things we saw happen, you know, in our world the last couple of years and leaders talking about it in meetings or, you know, Chelsea talking about, you know, she talked about like her voice and how she's been raising it, you know, on her podcast. And I'm sure you all have been talking about things here. Like that did not happen, at least in my experience, you know, nine years ago. So I think, um, we have transitioned as an organization to really care about each other is um, who we are as people. And that's it for this episode, but the conversation isn't over. Make sure to catch part two next week. You can share with us on buzz at go forward slash THL. And don't forget to subscribe by texting THL to 239-355. We want to thank you for spending time with us this week. We can use our guiding behaviors and speak up with candor to share our Humana stories through this podcast. Let's keep the conversation going together about this Humana life. Until next time, be intentional, stay curious, and inspire others.